the mills past the stacks On a gathering storm comes a tall handsome man In a dusty black coat with a red right hand Hello again, lovely listeners, to another edition of Tales for Wales, the pod that never fails to enthrall, entertain, and inform. I'm Jack, and as always, I'm joined by my, my buddy, my, my friend, my confidant, Franco. Yeah. And today, we're going to be talking about uh, a lesser-known boy of Welsh descent, Owain Llaugoch. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry. What now? I was just jumping in because you always sound like a late night radio DJ. You always sound like you're hiding from your girlfriend doing this. It's, it's like the you... only way I can uh, I, I can sort of keep a stream of consciousness going because uh, I don't I hate doing the um uh like winging it. <laughs> <laughs> so I need to really write these things down before. You, you Sometimes like it turns out okay if I'm if I've had a couple of beers, but yeah, you just sound like you're doing hush tones, like you're a uh, uh, um on. <laughs> Sounds like I'm too close to the mic. Hello, guys and girls. We're going to. <laughs> it's horrible. It sounds like you're breathing down my neck. <laughs> oh, the beautiful sound. Oh, don't we love it? How far are you into speaking your? Speaking of, I'm gonna. I'm just. I've just finished. Actually, I'm gonna crack mine. Hang on. Let me. Let me. Retort. Two seconds. Oh, it was a wet one. Oh, she sounded juicy. <laughs> she sounded <laughs> thirsty. Uh, yeah, so I interrupted you then. Um, we're That's doing Owain Llaugoch, um, which I'm sure you'll explain why and some other bits later on. But before we get, we get into the meat and potatoes, um, what the bloody hell have you been up to, mate? Not too much, mate. I, not much since uh, I saw you Sunday. Uh, but um, uh, I suppose I can go into... Uh, I, I, Got a bit pissed, quite a bit pissed, uh, with my brother on Saturday before you came over. You might have um, noticed. So I came over on Sunday, didn't uh, I? Yeah, you came over on Sunday. You might have noticed a waft of rum in the air. It wasn't just my house, it was me. It was oh, my yeah. glands fucking sweating out. But yeah, got pretty pissed there. And um, I don't think I, I, I. I'm trying to remember if I've mentioned this on the pod before, but I know you know this, but when me and my brother get together, we get. Suitably pissed, and then we when we move on to the spirits and stuff, we always put the Braveheart soundtrack on. <laughs> so romantic. I just don't know it's why a, either. I it's think a it banger happened, of a it ha- soundtrack. Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. James Horner, my boy, yeah. R.I.P. But yeah. um, yeah, yeah, I think I'm pretty sure he is. Well, well, pour one out to to a real one. <laughs> yeah, pour pour it out for our homie. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't know why uh, we put it on. It happened like one time, and we were like, "Oh, this is a class soundtrack, isn't it?" And then just it's it's become like routine now. And then we end up every time they goes put it on shuffle, we try and guess what track goes to which part of the movie. Sad little lives you lead. What's, oh, sad or class? And class. you're just jelly, mate. It's absolutely jelly. Also, because me and you would be like, uh, "That's a scene with the um, uh, that's a scene oh, oh, where oh. the, the meeting of the clans." Uh, uh, actually, in this scene, he's running with his claymore, but uh, in the next scene, he's running with an axe, and then in the next scene, he's back to his claymore. Figure that one out. <laughs> If you actually go back to the th- to the 14th century, they actually wouldn't have like dresses yeah. like that. Dressed still wouldn't be around at that time, actually. And actually, Malcolm was actually a good guy. Um, 
I think I've read so many bloopers on that film. It's fucking ridiculous. I, think I hate them because I, I don't want because to me it's a perfect movie. Oh, so I'm like, I, I, I really think it's up when there. they point these things out, I'm like, oh fuck off, you yeah. Any other film, by all means, do it, but not, not to my my perfect baby boy. <laughs> it reminds me of um, that video of his when he's hammered. Reminds me of him. Um, do you remember seeing that one of um, oh, what's his fucking name? Um, Knight Rider. Um, oh fucking hell. It's Hasselhoff, David Hasselhoff, oh, yeah. and he's like his daughter, like as a wake up call to him, filmed him when he was pissed, and he's like topless, <laughs> and he's like trying to eat this burger, and it's like the the patty in the burger is like slipping out, and it just like goes on the floor, and he's like, it's it's such a bleak fucking video, and the daughter's like, Dad, I have to do this for you, Dad. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, it's, Cut it's to very partners bleak. doing that for us. <laughs> Yeah. Although it's alright that it's worked podcast. out for him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's worked out for him. He's working for farm foods now or something, isn't he? So yeah. <laughs> yeah and he's moved to Swansea, so Exactly. <laughs> he's he's on top now. Yeah. I remember I heard a story that he because he's like I think his wife is from somewhere in Swansea and they all live in like just like everyone else does, you know, we all live in terrace houses. Um mm. she's been saying to him, like, Oh, my house isn't anywhere, anything like your house in Hollywood. You know, it's really small. Like, prepare yourself for realizing that our house mm. isn't going to be as big as your house is. And, and he's like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. I do you know? I don't care about any of that anyway. But yeah, sure, I'll prep, prep myself. Um, and when he went there, he visited the street. And he's like, "What are you on about? This house is massive." And he thought the entire street was her house. <laughs> what an idiot to think every <laughs> the house is so big Man, but you got a door how every disassociated could you yeah, be <laughs> this entire street oh my god yeah. so I, I love awesome that you've painted world. every section a different colour as well <laughs> you have a lot of entrances you stupid <laughs> yeah. what's with all the doors <laughs> I think he is a yeah he's, he's given up the booze isn't he another quitter I think uh, yeah I think he had to after his uh just sneak the daughter out with him like that. Like, who hasn't fucking dropped a burger? All right. Yeah. It's a crime to drop a burger on a Friday night. Dad, it's yeah. Sunday morning. All right. <laughs> I was in Baywatch. I do what I like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, well, this has been a ramshackle star. Um, I mean, to be fair, they always are. We picked it back it? up talking about uh, uh, Hasselhoff's alcoholism. <laughs> Sorry, you know, cheery subject. Yeah. Um, we, we're doing this on a Tuesday, which I always think has a certain a different vibe to on a Thursday. It's, a, oh, it's more sober to begin with. It's, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's We've t- discussed this many a time before, but Thursday is like the, the great day of renewal, yeah, isn't it? You know, we're always buzzing on a Thursday. Yeah. And then and Tuesday, am... we're barely fucking recovered. <laughs> You're fucking hating life, <laughs> detesting yeah. the world. Um uh, but uh, it is Bank Holiday weekend coming up, so this Thursday is the Holy Grail of Thursdays. Oh, it's a big, big Thursday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but we can't. We're too busy to 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 pod it. So you've got us on a Tuesday with a cranky. Lives, yeah, yeah. We, we mentioned <laughs> anti-Semites and alcohol. Well, I'm I'm visiting my um my mum on Thursday oh, night. So lad. although I could potentially do a pod from there, you don't want me on here if I'm in Sanath and I'll be in such a fucking ghastly mood <laughs> back in my home village I think I that's exactly there. when we want you on the pod oh Jesus yeah <laughs> I do have a couple of hours actually mother. before 
before my mum gets home, I probably could squeeze one in, but oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's if that's what the people want, is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, we've got to record these pretty quickly because they come out every week. We used to have like a bankroll, and now we're always scrabbling oh, around trying to get everything done and planned. <laughs> we did. We squandered our time so much, didn't we? Because we, yeah, we had, we had such a backlog. We were like, "Look, we got months of backlog. We're fine." And we just thought, "There's no rush." And now we're like, "Shit, <laughs> we're so behind every week." Um, I went to go get a key cut, and um, when I was in there, the dude was so weird. Like, I, I, I opened like the door. It was like a, you know, key cuts outside like supermarkets. They're in like a little shed, and they oh, like Timpsons do... or whatever. <laughs> it's yeah. a Timpsons. They also do shoes and keys, and like, so like, pick a lane, guys. It's such a bizarre. Thing. What can you do? Like, it's just cobble? like what's, what's all the old time shit that we can do in one little <laughs> tiny building. I can do sand dials and sand dials and I can do fucking <laughs> yeah. egg timers. I can buff your shoes, sir. I can fucking, yeah. Does your carriage I'm need rebuffing? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, he, when, I, when I went in there, um, he sneezed. So I was like, oh, uh, bless you. I said, oh, oh, something like that. I think maybe you coughed or sneezed and I kind of went, oh, bless you, I'll be okay. And he went, um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to take yesterday off, though. I had the shits all day yesterday. And I was like, oh, Christ. Oh, Jesus. And, and he went, um, I'm feeling a bit better now, but uh, most of this morning, I kept coming to go back to the toilet, back and forth, back and forth. It was the shits it was. Like, yeah, you've said it once, mate. And we're in a Jeez, fucking... Stop saying the shits. He's like, isn't that a disgusting <laughs> yeah. word, man? I fucking hate that. I know, yeah. And, um, <laughs> he's in a really in, like, in confined space. I was like, I was ready to come like for like a weekend. I think, yeah, yeah he's come to see you. And I just thought, oh, I don't want to fucking be in this grubby room and get fucking gastro bugged up by this guy. So when he said that, I stood so close to the door, and then I said, oh, can you cut this key for me? He went, yeah, sure. And I went to take it off the um the chain, the, the my key ring, and he touched my hand. And I was like, oh, oh no, shit, hands. No. It was just... I was going to say, in those tiny little buildings, little shacks are in as well, they're probably like... <laughs> Touch your noses anyway, aren't you? Yeah. It's like, oh, the shits I did, mate. What oh, fucking shit, it's right, yeah. And you know what? I had, bl- um... Bless you isn't a fucking social cue to like tell me, a- <laughs> tell you about what's going on. I think he thought I was a vicar and he was like, all oh, right, I'm being blessed. Yes. <laughs> did you call him son or something? Bless you, me, son. son. What ails you? <laughs> oh, I've got fucking shits, mate. Fucking coming out of that rusty tap water. I was like, oh Christ! You can talk to me, young lad. <laughs> but he wouldn't like he went, and I didn't say. I went, oh right, and he went, oh yeah. So no, I think he was. He had the shits the day before. Yeah, the day before I saw him. So it was like two days ago. He went, and yesterday then I was a bit ruffled. I couldn't keep anything down. Feeling a bit better today. Been back and forth a few times, but a bit better. I went, oh yeah, oh, this is awful. Went, yeah, and I'm, I'm off to a car show tomorrow. So oh, it makes sense. Anyone who's obsessed with cars will also tell you that they've just had the shits for two days. And then he went to just write a diary, mate, and I'll fucking come by and pick it up another time. (laughs) (laughs) I can catch up. Hand it over to the the fucking social police for for breaking convention and telling me things they must Yeah, for breaking the fucking social law. (laughs) And I think, and also, I said, I, I did say bless you, and that's such a weird thing to say to someone. Nowadays, especially because I'm like vehemently non-religious, but it's good. Oh, bless you, God bless son. you. Just yeah. the <laughs> devil escaping your lungs. <laughs> you must keep the pox away from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, yeah, that's not a normal social interaction. It's, but you know what? If the fact that you said it was in Timpsons, do you remember when it kind of makes sense? Yeah, definitely. Like, that's the kind yeah. of people I kind of assume are working there. No offense if any of our listeners work no, in Timpsons, no, but like. But... Just prove me wrong, you know? (laughs) Yeah, prove us wrong. (laughs) The beast of proof is upon yourself. (laughs) Yeah. 
That's how right. a claim is made, isn't it? We've said it. <laughs> Prove yeah. us wrong if you don't think it's right. Yeah, that's what all law is now. <laughs> <laughs> the burden of proof is actually on the on those who've been accused. So on the accused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Guilty uh, as soon as I fucking say. <laughs> guilty as Timpson. <laughs> Do you want to? Um, I'm a bit delirious today. I had uh, the last two nights. I've had fucking abysmal sleep, and I think it's. It, I think because I have such a heavy weekend, and then mm. the reality hits, and you just fucking awful night sleep. Then cause it's kind of not real sleep as well, is it? No, it's, yeah. Twatted. It's like it's such yeah. like it doesn't do what it's meant to do. It doesn't rest you. I went out with a football team on Friday, and I didn't go to bed till like half six, and I and. <sighs> In Great the morning, effort. and then like when when woke up at like ten or eleven or whatever, like, it just ruins me. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a constant victim of the fact that like I was up till about the same time actually like six with my brother on Saturday, and I knew like when I was looking at the clock strike four for example, I was like, <laughs> you should just go to bed now. You're yeah, gonna feel yeah. awful tomorrow and the day after and probably the day after that. But at the time, I'm like hopped full of rum. And it's just like, yeah, why not? Just fucking, just stay up. Why not? And also, what are you going to be? Like, who cares if you hung up on the company dime unless you're my boss listening and I'm really sorry. But <laughs> And I've never done it. And I've never done it. And I, and I won't be this tomorrow. <laughs> I promise you I'll be fine tomorrow morning. Yeah, I promise I'll be productive. I swear. <laughs> All right. Should we get going with this week's episode? Because it's a really yeah, good Yeah, go on then. Yeah, this is, um. what I like about this one is it's... Uh, it's the exact sort of thing that we wanted to talk, type of thing we wanted to talk about when we came up with the idea for the podcast, wasn't it? It's sort of like lesser known Definitely. Welsh history, the sort of shit you never get taught, which is why I quite like this one. So, yes, for those who didn't hear before or missed it before, maybe, uh, we're talking about a guy called Owain Llawgoch today. So, Owain Llawgoch, real name Owain Ap Thomas, was a descendant of Llewellyn Ap Yorweth, also known as Llewellyn the Great who we've mentioned on this pod a couple of times. Uh, He was king of Gwynedd and eventually the Prince of Wales in the early 13th century. Owain Llawgoch was also a great-nephew to Llewellyn Ab Griffith, a.k.a. Llewellyn the Last, or Llewellyn Llewellyn, who gets a lot of talk on this pod. And he was Prince of Wales until his death in 1282. And I think we covered that in the Battle of Orrewin Bridge, was it? Uh, Yeah, that's the one. So to give you a bit of background, um, just on sort of uh, Owain's history, uh, Owain Llawgoch's grandfather, Rodri, was the brother of Llewellyn and Llewellyn, Llewellyn the last. Um, but unlike his brother, Llewellyn, who's considered, in on this podcast, certainly a right gem of a lad in terms of Welsh history, Rodri was pretty content to live out his days as a lord in England in a place called Tatsfield. So after the Welsh Rebellion ended in 1283... Not long after Llewellyn the Last, Llewellyn Llewellyn's uh, death, Wales was brought into English rule, and although Rodri and his son Thomas were heirs to the Kingdom of Gwynedd, they, ha- they were happy enough to just sit back uh, on one of their many plots of land around Surrey, Cheshire, Gloucestershire, and just leave Wales to the oppression of the English, basically. But a spark of patriotism would eventually find its way back into the family through Rodri's grandson, Thomas's son, Owain. So just to surmise that, because I know I've said a lot of a lot of names and a lot of relations there. Rodri is uh, Llewellyn Llewellyn's brother. Thomas was Rodri's son. And Owen Llawgoch is Thomas's son. So Owen's that full name is Owen Ap Thomas Ap Rodri, which means yeah, Owen, son of Thomas, son of Rodri. Which is, uh, yeah, That's catch. right, yeah. 
Exactly. Very have more names, mate. <laughs> and um, so, despite being uh, an heir to a hefty amount of land in England, uh, Owain joined up with the French military under Philip the Fourth of France and spent a lot of his life in Europe. He would inherit his father's property when his dad Thomas died in 1363, uh, but he wouldn't hold his land for long because during the Hundred Years' War, Owain sided with the French which meant his lands in England and any sort of remaining claim to the land in Wales uh, was confiscated by the English crown. That's I, I, I'm assuming that was just kind of like a punishment for anyone who didn't side yeah. with, with England if you were if you had lands in England. So yeah, the guy the guy had inherited these things from his, his dad and then qu- very quickly got them um, confiscated by the English crown. So being without land or title in his home nation, uh, Owain remained in service of the French as a free company. He went by the name uh, Uvan de Gaal. I don't know if I pronounced it that right. Um, which, Uvan de Uvan de Gaal. Fuck you, you fucking bastard. Exactly. Yeah, that's basically How you say Uvan de Gaal? How you say fuck you? <laughs> I was going to say Very free good. company free company that means like a band of mercenaries isn't it yeah you're basically yeah, yeah sort think of hire expendables one to three that is exactly what it was like think of <laughs> yeah. Owain as like the, the Sly Stallone if you will <laughs> uh, of, of, of 14th century France <laughs> and um, so yeah uh, if Van de Gaal uh, was very uninventively just uh, French for Owen of Wales. So, yeah, no, not it's not the best nickname, but, you know, there you go. So this free company uh, actually consisted mainly of other Welshmen who had fought alongside Owen for many years in France. His second in command was a guy called Yeanne Wynne, known, this is a better nickname now, known to the French as Le Persouvent d'Amour. I don't know again if I've Ooh, brutalized darling. that pronunciation. The pursuer of love. Oh. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. And um, I'm assuming he was just a shagger because uh, I was looking at why he was called that and I couldn't really find much on it. So I'm just going to assume. <laughs> he, he was, was a French le sex pest. <laughs> yeah, le pervert. <laughs> le pervert. <laughs> so yeah, that was uh, he was the second command of Ye and Win. So Jan's ancestor actually happened to be a lord of Gwynedd as well, named Ed Neved Vachan, and he served Owain's ancestor, Llewellyn the Great, four generations prior. So uh, just, I thought that was a nice little tip yes, of information, yes, a nice definitely. example of history kind of echoing yeah. itself, if you want. Um, but Jan's father, he was still a pretty big-time lord back in North Wales at the time, uh, and he helped Owain's company financially. So Owen his men fought in a load of battles for the French uh, where Owain gained the nickname Llaugor or Red Hand in English and this was a nod to how much uh, of the enemy's blood he spilled supposedly so he was quite a he was a fucking nutcase with a sword yeah with all this skill and experience that Owain and his men had gathered over the years plus the financial backing of Yeann's father they soon started to get a reputation for themselves in France and even managed to impress Charles V who'd recently been made king uh, in 1364. So the blood of many a patriotic prince would make itself known again through Owain in 1372. 
when Owen announced his intention to claim the throne of Wales. He was backed financially by Charles V, and Owen set off from, uh, and again, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, Harflier? Yeah. Harflier? Harflier? Whatever. Uh, and attacked the island of Guernsey. The invasion, though, would be very short-lived because King Charles ordered well, him well, and his company... <clears throat> oh, go on. I, I think he <clears throat> was given something. I did read it. was like the equivalent to today's money of like £240 million worth to go and draw up an army to invade Wales and then from Wales go to England. But first, the, um, the weather turned. So the first place they could find that was close to the English king was Guernsey. So they were meant to be heading to yeah. Wales. The weather turned bad and they went, oh, fuck it, we'll just go fuck up Guernsey. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those, like, you can tell that, for, well, from what I've read anyway, that, that Charles V, he, although I'm sure he was uh, fond of Owain and his shagger of a second in command, <laughs> but it would have absolutely disrupted Benefit, the English yeah, on their definitely. own sort of turf, wouldn't it? Having yeah. him sort of causing chaos here. So it made sense for him to sort of invest in him a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, as you mentioned, the weather sort of turned a bit sour. He ended up landing in Goons. He thought, well, fuck this place up for a bit. But he was ordered back by uh, King Charles uh, to France uh, to support the ongoing war against the English. It was, it was like lots of kickoffs. Because um, yeah. he was fighting all over, wasn't he? He was in like Normandy. Uh, he was fighting in Belgium. He was fighting like. Yeah, the... I go through a couple of them later. Like he That's basically sweet. was just an immensely well travelled warrior. Like he yeah. fought all over Europe, basically. But um, yes, he was called back to, to France because of the escalating war. And Owen and his men's success in battle continued in France. He uh, defeated the English and a Gascon force. At uh, Subi, Subai, Subi. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Stop worrying about the pronunciation. We're not French. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're bloody French. Um, So yeah, he defeated an English and Gascon force there later that year, and he captured two very high-ranking lords as well, which is great for the the French. Um, Oh, and he planned another invasion of Wales in 1373, but this this time the campaign was abandoned before it even began as more and more conflicts presented themselves in in the French-English war. Uh, so he was he went sort of all over. He fought twice more in France, uh, and his mercenary services were then called upon to conquer land in Austria for a French lord uh, called Engerand de Cousy. Even though uh, Owen and his boys were getting the big W again and again all over Europe, they would end up suffering their first well-known defeat, at least, in Bern in Switzerland where they were contracted to fight in uh, something called the Googler War. Absolute <laughs> boar Googlers. Um, <laughs> I, t- I looked a little bit into it because I was thinking, why are you calling it the Googler War? Like, what a stupid <laughs> name. And uh, apparently it was a bunch of French and English mercenaries that invaded a bit of Switzerland. Uh, I didn't look too much into it. I have no idea what side Owain and his boys were on on that one. I couldn't be bought asked to like look into that, so, you know, fucking shoot me. But... Um, Anyway, he had, a, he had a bit of a loss there, anyway, for the first one in a long time. So after all these battles in 1377, there were then reports floating about that Owen was planning yet another attempt to claim the throne of Wales. So Owen's reputation as a skilled warrior and effective leader was much more widely spread now after fighting across several European countries, and the English rulers became very nervous. To avoid allowing a seasoned warrior like Owain to reclaim Wales and potentially inspire another rebellion, the English government under Edward III uh, sent an assassin, uh, a Scotsman called John Lamb, to travel to Europe and kill Owain. 
So Lamb was uh, a bit of a nasty boy, actually, a bit of a conniving little snake, because not only did he um, sat on his mission to kill Owen, but he also took the time to like befriend him as well and get really chummy with him, to the point that he was appointed uh, as his chamberlain, which I had to look this up. This is basically someone who like keeps your house in order. An ideal role for an assassin, you might say. Plenty of opportunity there. And that's exactly what it was. So... So then in July 1378, John Lamb stabbed Owen to death, something that was described uh, as a sad end to a flamboyant career, which I thought was a very unusual way of <laughs> describing, like, uh, you know, slitting throats, cashing checks and breaking necks all over Europe as flamboyant. It makes it sound like he's like a dancer, like an exotic dancer of some kind. I read as well that, uh, so it's Edward III, who was the, the king who sent him over to... to Old John Lamy to go kill him. Um, he was the mm. grandson of old Edward Longshanks, and uh, he was so worried about him galvanizing the Welsh because he had a strong support from North Wales. Um, he went against the chivalric code, which dominated the medieval warfare at the time, um, and it was one of the first times he, he they'd opted for a sly move of assassination, and it was a, mm. it, that kind of showed how how worried he was about um, Owen. He was saying, because Edward knew how much of a pain his great-grandfather, you know, his uncle had been. Um, mm. He didn't want to take the risk anymore. And he went, yeah, you know, that, that whole thing of chivalry and being kind of like uh, honourable. Yeah, sort of fighting like, yeah, gentlemen and, or, you know, lords and uh, well, sirs and whatnot, isn't it? Edward III had just gone through a period where his dad was a rubbish king and there was loads of infighting and rebellions and it were not it was a really bad reign. Um Edward put a quash to all of that and he had like a really long time he was like in he was king for like fifty years. Um oh yeah, and I've just found the note I made earlier that according to the official letters at the time, um the English paid the assassin twenty pounds to murder Owen and in context, uh, the pay for an archer during that period was four pence a day. So John, he mm. made quite a big old, big old. Uh, yeah, I he um, escaped. And I lived. saw that as well. Yeah, he escaped and lived in England to a very old age, apparently. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I found that as well. The receipt, um, uh, twenty quid, like you said. But I work. I try. I worked out how much twenty quid would be now oh, to yeah. try and sort of gauge how much that would be, and it works out to about nineteen and a half grand in today's money. Which mm. that makes it sound slightly better because you think killing a man for twenty quid <laughs> sounds four a pence. bit fucking How much is brutal. Four pence compared to twenty pounds seems a big jump. Oh yeah, big... like I, I imagine that was a fair whack, and you know, like I said, nineteen and a half grand. I, I mean, I don't know what the going rate for a fucking assassination is today. How do you figure but, that out? No, it doesn't sound right. Oh, you can, mate. If you, uh, you can just type in inflation calculator. I have no idea how accurate that is, but uh, yeah, you can go back as far as. Uh, when was this? Thirteen seventy-eight. Yeah, twenty quid back then is about nineteen and a half grand and a couple of odd quid on top uh, <laughs> these days. That well, sounds more like what I'd expect an assassination. I don't know. I thought they'd be like hundred grand or. But I don't. I mean, I don't know. You know how how much is the cost of a life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dare we debate it? When was it? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll... you think for someone as high profile as as Owen Klaugoch that you would you know it would be more than that? I think. But yeah. pff, I don't know. Well, he seemed to have, yeah he escaped, but apparently it was a really they, they, it was talked about in history and in the, the it, at the time loads at the fact that they'd hired an assassin, which was really unchivalry, very sly. To yeah. do. Couldn't yeah. face him on the open field, so decided to pay fucking dirty. Do you know on him. the French um, erected a monument to him 
in 2003, um, and the majority of the funds were donated by the French government. It's a place called Montagny, or Mont. Oh yeah, yeah, somewhere in France. <laughs> they, uh, they, yeah, they they built a statue to Owen uh, Chagour. So like That's he, cool. because he, uh, yeah, he's like a. It's mad that we don't have a statue for him, but the French do. Yeah. He, um, you know, he, he was uh, successful in a lot of French battles, especially during the Hundred Year War, as, as I said earlier. So, he's, I mean, he probably did more for France than he did for Wales. That, like, that's the other thing I was going to say. Uh, he's slightly held as a symbol of Mab Dalagon, which is like in Welsh mythology, he's like the prophet who will come free the Welsh from the tyrannous Anglo Saxon oppressors. Mm. Um, but most of his life, he'd lived in France, and he only really came back, he, he only got kicked off a sink when his inheritance wasn't getting paid. So, it does yeah. feel a bit like. How how much did he really care? But it's it's romantic to think of this uh this this foreign print this, yeah. this print of foreign land um, coming back. Certainly something that I I didn't know about until uh, I think it was my yeah it was my father in law basically he told me about it. he was reading a book about um uh, Llewellyn and it touched on this Slavgorch thing and just gave like you know a couple of paragraphs about him and he asked me about it and I'd never heard of it so I thought let's have a look and then there was quite a lot of info on him actually. Mm-hmm. But he was yeah he was buried in, uh, in uh, near Cognac, um, and with his death, that meant the senior line of House uh, Aberfro, uh, the Lords of Gwynedd, came to an end. So the title of Prince of Wales would eventually fall to a son of De Haybarth and Powys in the year fourteen hundred, a lovely young young chap you might know the name of Owen Glyndwr. Oh yeah, sizzle sizzle real. <laughs> Uh, um, and yeah, so that was it. That's uh, so in Claudio's so life as a kind that's of the real life. But I'm going to yeah. pick up from the myth and the legend aspect because we are a land of myth and legend, and uh, there's a lot of myth and legend surrounding this lad. So I rounded up um, the best three, and well, <laughs> I'm not sure for the best, but I rounded up three which I thought were, were fun to talk about. Um, well, I saw some bits pop up um, when I was looking. Uh, you know about the myth section and the legends, and I thought, you know what, I'm not going to read it. I'm going to, I'm going to be wowed by Franco yeah. in, in real time. So um, the first one is called the Sleeping Warrior, and it's a a bloke. They don't. I didn't find out who he was. I did try to, but I couldn't find anything about him. But some bloke called David uh, Meirig of Betis Bledrus, Bledrus, Betos Bledrus, was helping drive cattle from Cardiganshire to London. On the way, he cut himself a hazel stick and he was carrying it when he encountered a stranger on London Bridge. And the stranger asked David uh, where he'd cut the stick and he ended up accompanying him back to Wales to the place where the stick had been cut. And the stranger told David to dig under the bush that he'd cut it from and this revealed steps leading down to a large cave uh, illuminated by lamps where a man seven feet tall with a red right hand was sleeping. And that stranger told David that this is Owen Llaugor who sleeps until appointed time where he wakes and he will be king of Britain he will be king of the Britons and then um, he was apparently surrounded by his closest knights and they all lay there standing asleep but jittering and dreaming of battle they are said mm. to wait for the clarion call of trumpets and the clash of arms where as one they will seize their weapons pour from the cave and drive the Saxons from their land so uh, that's a cool that, one I like that's that a, that's a cool one the second one I'm glad he didn't go into too much detail is about the Guernsey so this one's uh, there's a in Guernsey. This is quite a famous thing that happened to him. I don't think there was too much, too many battles in Guernsey, but this one here was quite a brutal one. But there's a there's a, a folklore about it, and I'll tell you what, I'll tell you the, the myth, and then I'll give you the facts. Um, so in Guernsey, Owen is remembered as like you said earlier, Ivan or Yvonne de Gales, Yvonne of the mm. Yukon. Um, 
and he and his what the, the mercenaries he took there were called uh, Argonies. Argonies, oh. Uh, uh, so, so wine on the Argonauts. <laughs> yeah. So Aragon <laughs> is a place I think in France, and Aragonese, who are the mercenaries, where they were all camped. So they were Welsh, like you said, ah, but right, this is where right. they were based. So he mm. and his Aragonese mercenaries um, have been absorbed into the island's folklore. So the reality was, yeah, uh, Ivan de Gals and his Aragonese mercenaries uh, attacked this land. But the folklore, they turned them into diminutive but handsome fairies from across the sea. So the story mm. goes that the shipwrecked king of the fairies, Owen, uh, was found unconscious by a Guernsey shore by a girl named Lizabu. <laughs> oh, Lizabu. <laughs> that sounds like someone you couldn't be bothered to think of a proper name. Lizabu. <laughs> so, so when Owen, the fairy, woke up, he fell in love with her and carried her across the sea to be his queen. However, the other fairies soon decided that they wanted Guernsey brides and they invaded the island. They all wanted that bit of famous Guernsey skirt. So, yeah. <laughs> <Guernsey> <laughs> so then the men of the island fought bravely but were absolutely battered. Did you say Guernsey skirts? <laughs> Fucking wrong. I didn't. I said Guernsey skirt. Oh, skirt. Oh my god, that's way better. Sorry. I was thinking, it took me a second. I thought, he didn't say that, surely. And I thought, I have Guernsey to double squirt. check. I have to confirm. Guernsey squirt. I was like, oh, you're disgusting. <laughs> so, yeah, Owen met this beautiful uh, Lizabu. And he was like, right, you're coming in with me. And the other fairies, right, you know what? These Guernsey girls, they're kind of going on. So then um, the men of the island. So then, yeah, the rest of the fairies came back to steal these Guernsey girls, and the men of the island fought bravely to hold them off, but they were absolutely trounced, and they all were slaughtered, <laughs> except for two men who hid in the oven, like that chef from the deep blue sea. Like, <laughs> I'm the only chef being cooked in his own <laughs> oven. <laughs> like, <laughs> we will begin with the perfect omelette, which is made with two eggs, not three. Amateurs often add milk for density. This is a mistake. So then the fairies took their Guernsey wives because everyone had been killed except for these two blokes in the oven probably kissing and making out before they were going to get killed. Um, so, yeah, these fairies took away the Guernsey wives and this is the reason, right? <laughs> this feels like such a lie. So this is the reason they say typically Guernsey men had dark hair and short stature. But I think that's just a lot of Guernsey short kings trying to justify why they're so small and wearing oh, high yeah. heel booties. <laughs> what, because we hid in the fucking oven? <laughs> no, because they, they, all their husbands, all their, like, their, their great-grandfathers were fairies, which sounds a bit of an insult. Oh, right, okay, yeah. However, Jesus, a, that's a weird one. The reality is, uh, in May 1372, the French king Charles V uh, sent a force of 4,000 men under the control of Owen, who, uh, Owen, who they sometimes called Evan or Owen of Wales. Um, so, in this, they constantly called him Evan by accident, but we'll go with Owen. Mm. So, yeah, he was heading back to Wales to uh, revenge Llewellyn uh, Love and to reclaim his rightful title as Prince of Wales. Um, so the force was due to be supported by a fleet from the Castilian king Enrique the uh, second, um, but due to the bad weather in the Channel, they failed to make their rendezvous and Owen turned back to Guernsey, which is the closest place loyal to, uh, to the English king. Um, so then there's a ballad. Apparently, they wrote a big song about it, um, about how Uvon uh, de Gaulle's uh, at dawn on Tuesday morning, uh, when his Argonese uh, mercenaries landed at Vazon Bay. And were gathering in the marshes. Um, they were spotted by John Le Troc, a shepherd who found a who found a horse, jumped on the horse and sprinted off to town to say, "Lads, we're being attacked." Um, so there's yeah. four thousand Welsh mercenaries, or mercenaries, and then they got a force of around eight hundred Guernsey lads um, and English men at arms to fight the invaders. 
So they're now like outnumbered like four to one, and the, mm-hmm. apparently the Guernsey Lions put in a real valiant effort. But um, what, what I read was it was a valiant withdrawal action, which sounds like a posh way of saying we <laughs> ran away bravely. <laughs> we just fucking bolted, yeah. yeah. No, no, it was a proper valiant withdrawal effort. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they couldn't really run away on a fucking island, so Owen pushed the Guernsey boys back. <laughs> There's only so much land. <laughs> yeah. So Owen so kind of chased them across. Uh, he got them to retreat to this castle called Castle Cornet. Uh, which apparently was impregnable, which I think is just a stupid word for a building. It's like you're not trying to bang it, are you? Like you're not going to have a little trying chill. to penetrate it, penetrate <laughs> yeah. it hard. It's not like you got little children with like drawbridge gobs running around. They've had their dad's a hard castle. <laughs> I just think it's stupid. Um, sorry, I got a bit lost there. Um, Owen, Owen <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a warranted, uh, warranted gripe, I think. Right? <laughs> yeah. So Owen realised he couldn't take the castle. Um, so he turned to another castle on the island called Vale Castle, which is where the Guernsey governor was hanging, uh, hiding. Um, so when they went to lay siege to it, some monk um, got involved and was acting as like a go-between between, between them, between Owen and the governor. And first of all, the governor was like, absolutely not, I'm not negotiating. But then Owen was like, well, we'll absolutely batter you, mate. So just, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got some French dads with me and they can be spiteful. So we will be... They can be nasty little boys. Yeah. So the governor was like, all right, fairs. Um, and he paid a huge ransom for Owen to F off. Like they got uh, not mm. only the, the funds from like the governmental departments, but everyone had to give up their jewellery. Like everyone was pretty much robbed at like, <laughs> an absolute whip around in the yeah. castle before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Please go away. Um, so for the islanders, it was like an episode they would never forget because, it, like I said, it was a small population. Um, mm. not really used to being fighting inland. Um, and in the 1800s, they wrote a ballad called The Ballad of Yvonne de Gales. And it's um, it, was, it was a part of the Guernsey's oral tradition for centuries and centuries, but it was written down in 1839. And it's long. It's so long. You can read it on the internet, yeah. um, but it's, it's long as fook. Um, so that was the reality over the, the sleep, over the myth part. And then I wanted to do the world's most boring <laughs> myth I've ever heard. Um, <laughs> This is another the other legend about Owain, um, is that Owain was entrusted to look, look after a well on the mountain of Munidmaud. Um Each day, after extracting enough water for himself and his horse, Owain was careful to replace the stone um, that would stop the well from overflooding. One day, though, he forgot about this, and the water poured down the side of the mountain, and that resulted in a massive lake, and that lake is called Llinlech uh, Owain, the lake of Owain slab. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> just a lie. You didn't go to that. That's just. What the fuck is that? That's. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing. That's it's, some uninspired storytelling, right there. Just think of something Ooh, better. The myth. The myth of man. It's a myth. Moved oh, so, so magical. So. <laughs> <laughs> the realm of the gods and legends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How did you come up with this? So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Mind blowing. To... They wanted to attach themselves to this. So it's called Llinlech Oain, and you can find it on, you know, if you want to visit there. Um, but I do think they're hopping on the older. Uh, they thought Oain Llaugoch might become like this big superstar, I reckon. So they're trying to name it after if, a, uh, a clout. If myths were the movies of that time, I this this would be rotten. Uh, uh, <laughs> official rotten tomatoes. Give some philosophical point then. The myths are the movies oh, no. of the mind. <laughs> Well, why not? Yeah, I'll take that, what you just said. <laughs> well, that's all my myths. That's all my legends. 
So he's quite a, a big time boy in Welsh history, but one I certainly had never been told told about. Uh, not in school, definitely. No, not. yeah, definitely. And he's interesting. Like you hear about Owen do mm. you hear about all the Llewellyns and their offsprings, and you, I think maybe because he never like came back. But it's still like it's fun yeah, to hear the more. It does make you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You do think like, oh, if he did come back and the French gave him all that money, like two hundred forty million pounds to muster yeah, troops, what sort of could we have another res- Welsh? Rebellion resurgence sort yeah. of thing. Welsh there, Rebellion for, 2, back fucking with vengeance. There but for the rat of a Scotsman. We've been absolutely yeah, exactly. Tricked. Also, fellow, it does irk me, yeah. a fellow Celt. I know. Fucking yeah. against, but Old every man's got their price, I suppose. There <laughs> we are, philosophical bit. Yeah, no, every man's got his £20 in his pocket, I suppose. Right. 20 quid is 20 quid at the end of the day. Yeah, fair play to the fellow. I had done it for this. I know well, this wasn't the case, obviously, yeah. back then, but to me, it's in my mind, he comes back, and like, I don't know, with fucking Owen's head, and they're like, here you are, and they give him a 20 quid note, you know? Like, <laughs> and he's got, there you are. <laughs> and modern <laughs> money, and he pops in his back, but cheers, mate. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Job well done. done. Easy. Uh, maybe he, yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. Um, should we leave it there? Because I'm zonked, man. You might tell. I'm tired tonight. Yeah, yeah, that's so, all right, mate. We've, co- oh, we've covered the great man's legacy. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. with that. Told by your grumpy boy tonight, but we'll um, some decent length as well. We got on here. Yeah, so I think we've gone past the mark. We normally need to get to. So yeah, that's what probably it like, feels um, like that on a Tuesday where it feels like I have to go over the mark. Whereas on a Thursday, oh, yeah. we, the last episode we did was two hours long. I haven't edited it yet. But oh was, yeah, it was crazy. I, we were so drunk. I'm assuming you massively regret. Volunteering to edit that because <laughs> yeah. so much to get Yes, through. I do, I do, I do. Um, maybe, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss editing off air. Um, but thank you for catching up with our latest episode. And we've listened to people's yes. advice, and we're going to step away from uh, battle heavy stuff. And the next few we lined up are, I think, are really good. I think we've got a good, strip of, uh, a good stretch of interesting Welsh people to cover. With every episode you guys listen to, we're, we're honing our, our craft a bit more. Yeah. So. So, and it's, give us, uh, yeah, it's getting better and better. And give us uh, any more suggestions and stuff to, that you'd like us to cover. Um, and yeah, so if you could just drop us a five star, people have been doing that, which has been really helpful. But if you could drop us a five star on whatever you listen on, that really helps. And follow us mm. on Twitter, YouTube, and Insta. Uh, also, just to clarify, if you don't think we are five star, that doesn't matter. Just give us five stars because you know, don't don't quash our dreams, please. Come on, lads. Yeah, type in Tales Number Four Wales Podcast. And you'll find it all one word, I think, once again. Yeah, yeah. it's it's Tales Four Whales on on most things, but yeah, you say Insta was Tales Four Whales podcast. I think so. <laughs> oh, God, we yeah. should know this shit before we yeah. go on. But yeah, yeah. You, you can Google it. Just put Tales for Whales and you know your desired media platform, and I'm sure you'll find it. Yeah, if you if you've got a bit of mouse, you'll find it. But Jack, you're editing this one. Time tidy this up because there's a lot of gubbins in this. But thanks as always for listening. We'll catch you next week. Yeah, deal, guys. Ta-da, 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 ta-da.